welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. The Bible reading for today comes from the Gospel of John, and I'm reading chapter 1, verses 1 to 14, uh, 13. Sorry. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Amen. Well, thank you, Wendy. A few weeks ago, many of us learnt the value of electricity. Some of you know we're out of power for quite some days. We had the obligatory from Saturday afternoon through to late Tuesday. One of the things that many people noticed was with the power outage, how dark things normally are. No street lights, no neighbour's lights, no security lights, just the moon and the stars beaming down on us. And lots of people that I've talked to over the last few weeks have commented on the difference that no light made to those few days as they tried to live normally, whatever that is. Light is, of course, something that we take for granted. We flick our lights on in the PowerPoint as if it's some sort of human right, but in the grand scheme of things, light as we have it delivered to us through the wonders of the uh, cables we have in our wall is only really a recent development. And it takes an event like last weekend or the last couple of weekends for us to have a reality check and be conscious that we are truly a blessed generation. For instance, can you imagine making your own candles? I know some people do it for craft, but for every day to use over and over again. Can you imagine trying to use a candle or an oil lamp to study at night, to read, to find the socks that you know are at the back of the drawer that you need to get out? Can you imagine getting up to candlelight every morning? Probably fun and novel for the first two or three minutes and after that it's a bit annoying. I mean it was hard enough with an LED head torch to survive. And so we now enter into that wonderful time of year called Advent, a time of preparing for the coming of Jesus, anticipation for for the beautiful and superb gift of God 
to the world. And we see it often, as Sue's already mentioned, the time of rush or panic buying of crowds, stress. Where do we find a car park at Marion from now on? There is another way to look at it. To marvel at what God did in the world. To think about what God continues to do. To see his handiwork, to bask in his kindness. And and so look, I, I encourage you, push against that which is being forced upon us by the culture and the world in which we live. Make space. Here's a, here's a novel idea. Go for a walk without headphones, if you could imagine that. Like, turn off and listen to what God's saying. Why don't you say no to, to one thing, one party, one event as we lead up to Christmas? Use that time to refocus. You know, I found out while I've been away that the world doesn't stop when you go. It keeps moving. It doesn't matter how important you are. It keeps rolling on. So take that and use it. Breathe. So this Advent and Christmas time, we pick up the theme, A New Light Has Come. It's our Road to Christmas theme too. So for the next few weeks, we'll be talking about a new light that has come. And so today I'm going to explore a little bit more of that in John chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, you want to open to John chapter 1. I've got a few senior pastor announcements I need to say, and then then I'm going to preach right into that. And as you've heard, next week is our all-in service. Excited for that. The one... Then after that, one service just straight after Road to Christmas, which is a youth takeover, and I'm excited for that as well. Excited for what's to come. As always, I try and keep our, star, our church informed and updated with the movement in our paid staff team and pretty well in keeping with what's happening in society around us. There is a reconfiguration amongst our staff team. And so sadly, Sarah Beresford has come to the conclusion that her time on our staff is finishing and she will be returning to teaching in 2023. I believe she's teaching a year four class. In due course, we will thank Sarah for her five and a half years of faithful and strong service to our church. And I just want to labour the point of what Sarah has done for us just for a moment, because she has made a significant and a lasting contribution to who we are and has been incredibly helpful for us in this period over the last five and a half years. Um, She will finish later in January at a time uh, to be yet determined. She's finishing well, uh, still in love with our church, strong and deep relationships that I understand will continue post-employment. You know, there are not really many people in our church who understand the complexity uh, and the issues that Sarah has had, had to deal with in love and in wisdom over these last years. Her role is multifaceted and often affects home life, sleep, emotions. Sarah has been incredibly faithful to our church and we owe her a deep and abiding thanks. Let me tell you, you know, and you're going to be shocked with this, it's, it's not all light and bubbles working for a church. It wears you down and it is difficult. And Sarah has done this with courage and with strength as she has served our church. And she has gone way above and beyond in her service for us. So this means that there is quite a shuffling in our paid staff team 
And it does create an opportunity to recast and to reshape as we best support the functions of who we are as a church, one church in multiple locations. And so yet again, the elders and paid staff would deeply appreciate your prayers. And if you could ask the Holy Spirit to clearly reveal the way forward for us as we be who God wants us to be. Again, I'll just mention this, that this means my workload continues to increase. Uh, I need to provide strategic oversight and at the same time contribute significant hands-on ministry as we function as a church. And so somewhere in here I need to walk a very fine line. I just want to say clearly and just want to say it so that everybody understands, I, I am unable at this point in our church's life to function in a way that I have for the last few years. I need to be different as I meet the needs, the different needs of the life of our church. But let me hasten to add that I believe a rethinking of who we are is a good thing. A church is not, and it never should be, uh, confused with a paid, t- paid staff team. A paid team is a recent development and one that we've used very successfully to enhance ministry, but it is not a church. Paid team helps organise, administer, meet the many requirements that our society demands of not-for-profits and of churches. Things like risk management and insurance and financial uh, and building. The list is very long, but it is not a church. A paid staff team gives leadership and direction to a church, helping a church to focus and function, but it is not a church. And so in February, I will give four weeks of teaching to what a church is. I plan to, to borrow a title from an old book, and the title of the series is Cinderella with Amnesia. Just think about it for a moment. Essentially, we need to re-remember the crux of who we are as a church. Yes, we are a people who come together and gather to receive, to have our needs met, but we are mandated we have a charge, we have, we have a reason to be and a reason to exist. Not just for a few, not just for me, but for us. So let me bring the rubber to the road. If you have a bright idea for the church to do, and I get a lot of bright idea fairies for the church to do, remember that you are the church. We are the church together. Maybe, quite possibly, when you see a need, God is calling you to fulfill that need and to meet it out of your own resources. I'll be keeping our congregation up to speed with developments in our paid team as they come to light and move forward. And as we continue the process of sending a reasonably large group of people to Seeds Corrada Park, And as that campus gets up and it gets going and it gets going well and all the signs are, it's moving beautifully in a God-honouring direction. You will see, if you're a person who remains here at Seeds Apple Park, you will see a whole pile of needs open up and there will be gaps all over the place. Kids ministry, hospitality, welcome teams, small group leaders, production, worship team, the, the list continues to go on and on. Is it true that God is calling you to fulfill those needs? I believe so. 
Is it true that God is still calling people to seeds Corrada Park? I believe so. We pray into this as God leads us. Again, I want to promote the road to Christmas. Please be involved in this, not for yourself, but for our community, our broader suburb community. Please sign up and join in the adventures of Bethlehem here in the car park. We're still looking for Mary and Joseph, and in 2023, we'll be looking for a baby Jesus. Green team, I know there's a heap of green team people here. I want to honour you. Well done. I saw a few green team people here on Monday night, and man, you guys look tired. I wonder why. I want you to know this. I had an experience with a really good friend of mine just the week before green team, a couple of days before green team, before schoolies, who had a year 12 going to Victor. And they were worried as a family, very worried. I said, the green team will get their back. And they said, what is a green team? And I was able to explain what a green team is, the correlation of the work between uh, SA Police, uh, Victor Harbour Council and SA Churches and how we as a church contribute with our brightest and our best and we send them down. For that family, that knowledge was very, very helpful. So kudos to you, thank you, and well done. Maybe we can have an applause for Green Team. And so lastly, I want to remind our church of the needs to continue your giving that you indicated when I spoke about this earlier in the year. Uh, We budgeted on your indication as to what you uh, were giving. Uh, Please Honour that attitude of your heart that you had then and continue it through. Let me lead you in prayer and then I'm going to open up the scriptures. Lord, so many things going on in our world, in our lives, so many things happening. Be Lord, hear of this, your church. Be the pastor of this church. Lead us, lead us in ways we can understand. But at this moment, open our hearts to hear your word. We desperately need to hear your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you've heard Wendy read beautifully from John's Gospel, that is John's account of the life and ministry of Jesus, and you heard the most amazing piece of poetry, scripture, prophetic word, uh, foretelling and forth-telling of what is John chapter 1. I often think of John chapter 1 as a theological Christmas narrative. That is, it's the meaning behind the birth narratives. It is the implication of Jesus coming close of the incarnation. It is, it is simply trying to explain the untouchable becoming known. It's God himself showing uh, us, showing himself to us and us grappling to understand what this looks like. The word light is used six times in the first 13 verses. And if we know anything about studying the Bible, we know that multiple uses of a word or a phrase need our attention. So the Apostle John who wrote this is trying to communicate something to us that we need to wrestle with. He's saying, hey, I want you to be alert. Think about this. 
grapple with what's being said here. So let's just work our way through and see what emerges for us. I'm preaching a style, the old school word for that, or the old fashioned phrase for that is expository preaching. So um, if you've got your Bibles, John chapter 1, let's open them up. And in the back of your mind, remember the blackout that we had just a few weeks ago. Verse 4 kicks off the references to light and it makes it all pretty clear. Verse 4, in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. Now we need to pause just at verse 4 and establish a few things. The words in him there refer to the subject of the previous three verses. Wendy read them out to us. That is the word or the creator of all things. Verse 14, a little further on in the chapter, makes it really clear who this is. And I want to read it out to you. And actually, every excuse I can to read out verse 14, uh, I'll take. Because I think, okay, you ready for it? It's a big claim. You ready? Are you with me? Well, I can't see you, so you've got you to have some sort of verbal. So, you with me? Good. Okay. Um, Chapter 1 of John's Gospel, best chapter in the whole Bible. Find a better one. Come on now. Uh, maybe Job 38, 39, but it, like John chapter 1. And what is the best verse in John chapter 1? It's verse 14. Let me read it to you. The Word became flesh. And made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, the one and only Son is the subject of this chapter, and in verse 17, he is named. Read ahead if you like. His name is Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ is the life, and that life is light. For all humanity. It's the life of everything, and in that life, we find our light. It is a light by which we can live by, walk by existing. Why do we need light? Verse 5 makes that really clear. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? Amen. There is a heap of stuff in here, like, That should hurt your brains, those couple of things that I've just talked about. Jesus has come into the world, sent by the Father for the sake of all humanity. Not only has he come into the world, he is the epitome, the pinnacle, he is everything of life. The very essence of everything, the sole source of the goodness, of the lifeblood, of the substance of being. I run out of words to explain the significance of who Jesus is, how substantial Jesus is, and how magnificent his entrance into the world actually is. It is the difference, like we're discovering, between night and day. And boy, oh boy, do we need light shining into our darkness at this moment. Amen. There is so much darkness in our world, so much stumbling around, not knowing where to go, so much unknown, so much pain, so much hardship, so much struggle, so much that should not happen. You know, in January, our plan is to host uh, in, the, in the two middle weekends, 
instead of me preaching, is to host a couple of forums on some really um, some contentious issues that we struggle with as, as a society. And so we'll have a, have a host, but a couple of people who will speak into this, and you can ask questions, and we can, we can wrestle with some of this sort of stuff together. <clears throat> there are a couple of topics that are really difficult and cause a wide variety of responses, mostly pain responses out of our society because we are confused as to what's going on. We've got so many issues going on in our world that we know only too well the reality of darkness. You know, I was reading during the week about a private, get this, a private army of mercenaries that the Russians are employing in their war in Ukraine. Someone somewhere in the world has got so much money that they are funding a private army operating outside of the laws. Someone is funding this group of mercenaries to do, to do nasty things all over the world in the last decade. And right now, even today, the Russians are using them in their invasion of Ukraine. Why? Because they do not operate with any rules. Can you imagine the horror that is happening? And in the months and years to come, we will hear what has happened in this time as we have lived here in safety and comfort and what has happened to another nation. In every generation, we need light in the darkness. We need the life and the light of all humanity to penetrate our world and to bring to us that which we have no hope of finding by ourselves and we are utterly unable to provide our own resources towards. And so let me give you the good news. No matter how dark it is, no matter how bad things are, Jesus is that light and that light never goes out. And if you want some Christmas cheer, let me read to you verse 5 again. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It's beautiful. That word there, overcome, could also be translated, probably a little footnote in your Bible, uh, understood the darkness. Get this. It is so confused. It is so out of its ordinary. It's so out of, its, out, of, out of the way in which it operates. The darkness cannot understand the light because the light is so powerful over the top of it. Jesus, that light. That's Look, my friends, that's even in your world. That's, that's not for somebody else. That's not for a book you read like from Kurong. It's, it's in your world, your life, your family, your marriage. It's your child with mental health issues. It's your partner that's got that terminal diagnosis. It's your finances. It's your work. It's your business. It's your health. It's your shame. It's your past and it's your future. There is nothing whereby the light in your life cannot penetrate the darkness. It's so good. That's a Christmas message, isn't it? It's so beautiful. You know, one of the things that annoys me the most, I was going to say Adelaide drivers, (laughs) is the word just. Let me explain. It's just when we use it in our prayers 
just for me is a minimal word. It's an only scraped in word. It's a barely made it word. It's a skin of our teeth word. I just made it to work on time. I just got through the exam. We just lost the soccer. When we say God just, God just bless that person. God just provide. God just do dot, dot, dot. We are asking for minimal. We don't worship a God of minimal. We worship the holder of life, the light of the world. It is not a light or, or a bit of light or, or, a, or a portion of light. It is the light of the world. He does not push away the darkness a little bit. He doesn't just sort of come into your world and, and light a little candle in the corner so it's all cosy. He illuminates the world. It is not minimal. It is expansive and includes your life and all your being. I read something from C.S. Lewis during the week and I want to give you this quote. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures falling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because they cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased, says C.S. Lewis. We're talking about Jesus and the dawning of a new light which has come into our world. It is so good, be encouraged, my friends, to live into that light, a light which cannot be overcome, a light for all of us. Are you still with me? A little bit more to say. Hold, hold it there. Okay, I know it's warm. Keep going. I'm, I'm going to preach it. Yeah. Verse 7, actually, verses 6 to 8. Let me read them to you again. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. Verse 8. He himself was not the light. He came as a witness to the light. Okay, shifting gears here. Tension away from Jesus and onto John, the witness. It is a part where we understand our role in the light. But it's not that just that we get to see how we know about the light. In that case, we get to see how that light permeates through us. And in this case, John the Baptist, he is witness to the light. He is telling the world what he has seen and experienced. And if you um, uh, look in the other Gospels, you can see uh, John giving witness uh, to Jesus. And every follower from that moment on, every Jesus follower is a witness to the light. A witness literally means we have seen it, know it, we've had first-hand experience to it. It's not a foreign thing to us, it is something we can relate to. Now there are, there are two significant things here. The first is this, verse 7 tells us that John's purpose was of course to be a witness to the light, to Jesus. And if we understand more about John, we can see that his whole life was devoted to one single thing. He was the forerunner, the billboard, the media PR crew to Jesus and his ministry. He was the herald. He told everyone 
that would listen who Jesus is and what Jesus was up to and was going to do. It could be argued this was John's sole purpose in life. It wasn't something he did in his part-time or as a side hustle. This is who he was and what he did. There are many of us who are on an endless search for meaning. And we, we live basically into that huge two song which says, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yet Jesus has revealed himself to us and we know we know the truth and the reality of his love and his grace. We've benefited from his mercy. He has spoken into our lives and he's taken the darkness and he's brought light into us. And we've felt the love of his church when we needed it the most and they've embraced us and cared for us. For all of us here, there is great meaning. If you're in search for meaning, there is great meaning to be found in being a witness to the light of Jesus. Our world continues this search for meaning and it and is gathering speed and it's popping up in all sorts of different places. And yet here it is staring us in the face. And once we do this, once we find our meaning in, in our purpose to be a witness to Jesus, to live in honour of him, we find our satisfaction. The truth is that we can never do enough to please ourselves. We will always run out. When our tension's on us, it's it's ill-directed. But when we align with God, when we let that light bounce off us, through us and around us, we walk into the centre of our purpose that we were made for. Living in the darkness, in the shadows, means finding your own way, doing what you want to do, irrespective of the cost. And we see that outworking everywhere, all around the world. Living in the light means asking God, how can I work with you in this? God, what do you want me to do? God, how can I best serve the world where I am? God, what is your plans today? And how can I align myself with you? How can I hear your voice and act in accordance with that? There is meaning in serving God. That is how John could do it. John the Baptist could do it for his whole life. Secondly, when we witness to the light, there's another purpose. Yes, it's our satisfaction, but it also means that others see the light and they can believe in it as well. And this is what the part of John chapter 1 tells us, that God's economy includes everyone. The quicker we take our eyes off ourselves and onto others, the better it's going to be and the happier we will be as a byproduct. You don't find yourself by looking inwards. You find yourself by serving others. But not many people get it. The greatest act of service that we can do is by telling others that Jesus is real and by living as if that's true in our lives. There's so much darkness. We need to expose the light and bring it out. This is simple as, like this, this is so simple. Simple as you hear a need in front of you and you say, can I pray for you? Or, hey, would you like to join us as we do Bethlehem in our car park in the road to Christmas? You allow light to stream in 
to people's lives. And verse 9 tells us really important things. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. There is so much to say about this verse, but just note this, that this light now comes, has come, and remains. It is not extinguished. It will never go. It's only going to intensify. And that light brings it the most amazing result. Let me finish finish with verses 12 and 13. Verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, receive the light, understand the light, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Listen to verse 13. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. That is a, is a great promise of the light that we could, we could ever grapple with or understand or, or, or take into our being. That we get to be called, listen to me carefully, carefully, that we get to be called the children of God. Is one of the, the paramount mega themes of the whole Bible. It, it means that you are not Ill- illegitimate. It means that that you think you are unloved and that's not true. And it means that you think that that you are unworthy and that's not true. And it means that you think that you're full of shame and guilt from from what you've done and that that, that you're worthless and and that you have no future and you have no hope and even your past is catching up with you and and your future looks dark and that is not true. You're wanted and you're sought after of intrinsic value, not from yourself, but from who God says you are, that you are his child. What is, what is more important than being called a child? How blessed you are to be somebody's child, but to be a child of God outstrips everything. God delights in you. And being called a child of God is the cure for all our ills. It is cure for all our troubles. It is the cure for all our pain. I wish I had another hour to preach on this. But let me finish with this last sentence. It is the light coming into our world, taking away the darkness and showing us who we are. Let me lead you in prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise you and we thank you that that you would relate to us in such a dramatic and extraordinary way. That you would come as life and then make that light to illuminate and to shine into our world. May we live as children of the light, not playing in a slum but joining you with who you say we are, your wonderful, loved, wanted children. May we see our intrinsic value and may we live out of that. May your light shine out of us for all others to see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. We hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.